Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts Benjamin Holden and Lucy Davis. So I'm really excited for today's podcast because we have a very special guest who is actually our second girl. We've had so many guys on the podcast. Yeah, to be fair, it's been a proper cock fest, hasn't it? I wouldn't <laughs> call it a cock fest. Um, yeah, so our guest today is Felicity Rosina. And I would just get you to introduce yourself a little bit, just explain to all the listeners who you are and what you do. Hello, um, my name's Felicity. This is so awkward. Fel- Felicity or Fliss? I never I I've never called say. you Felicity. Um, I am a personal trainer. I live in London. I'm an online PT. And yeah. Perfect. So... Me and Fliss met, and this is actually so weird because I say to this to Ben all the time, when you meet someone and you instantly become ridiculously close friends with them, because that's what happened with us. We met at IFS, which was last, was it last August? Yeah, end of last August. End of last August. And we we didn't really speak at IFS, did we? We kind of just knew of each other. We just kept like walking past each other. And we kind of ended up knowing each other. And then you invited me to an event in Manchester, probably like two weeks after we got back. When was that event? That, yeah, in the middle of September that was. So yeah, it would have been two or three weeks after. Yeah, and then every day since last September, we spoke every day. Woohoo! And Do you know what's really funny as well? Is that IFS? I'm such a socially awkward person. I was like, hello, I want to be your friend, hi, but I don't know what to hi, say, Fliss. so I'm just going to keep waving at you. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what it was. And obviously, Ben, you met Fliss as well at the same time. Yeah, it's like that with any like, event where you follow people on social media who you know of and you meet them in real life, and it's always that awkward. You kind of know them, but don't know them already. Yeah. yeah oh, what have you been yeah. doing? Oh, wait, I already know. <laughs> yeah, like, literally, I know everything about you, but I'm just going to pretend I don't know who you are. So, yeah, that's when me and Fliss um, met. And I was saying to Ben, and like I just said before, you know when you meet someone who just gets everything about you? And, like, I think because we're in the same industry as well, it just... We, were ju- we just suddenly became really close, and it was really nice. Yeah, and I think it's because we're similar in ages as well, so it's not like, like there's no competition sometimes feel like it's like you don't want to be yeah, friends with yeah. someone because in case they might do better than you or they might be doing the same thing or you think they're trying to like steal your ideas and stuff, but mm. it's actually nice that we're like on a similar level with everything. Yeah, definitely. And just before we actually go into the topic of today's podcast, what were you supposed to be doing today? I was supposed to run the London Marathon today. Oh, so Felicity literally... Actually, you can just explain, like, so you've been training since last... So, on the last marathon day, so it would have been a year ago today, I was sitting with one of my clients, and I was sitting with her, and I was like, oh, I reckon I could do that next year, and she was like, don't be expecting me to do that with you, and I was like, no, I'll give it a go, she was like, bet you wouldn't, I was like, bet I would. So, I entered a ballot thinking I would not get in, I was like, oh, I won't get in, it'll be absolutely fine, like, there's me making this big deal that I've entered the marathon, won't get in. Then I got a charity place, and I was like hmm, I'm going to have to figure out how to run. At this point, I'd never even run a 5K. Like, I'd oh literally not even That's never run a day. And um, the first 5K I ever did, I went out and it took me 58 minutes. <laughs> and oh I got home God. and I was like, it's been an hour. But I had to keep stop starting because my cardio levels were so bad, I just couldn't run. So then I was, this was in May, I think that first one was, and I just carried on going and going and going. 
And then when I found out it was postponed, I was like, oh, well, there's no point me training now, is there? Then I was like, oh, well, I probably should keep carrying on because if it actually does go ahead in October, like they postponed it to, I don't then want to be like you really unfit run. again. Yeah. <laughs> so this morning I woke up and I was like, I'm going to go run half marathon today. <laughs> That's insane. That makes me feel sick. I... To be fair, you've been quite good with your running. I'm only doing like 5 to 7k though, I'm going 22k. If I do 6k, I get stitched and feel like I'm going to pass out. And I remember once, I went to the gym and ran at 8k and I texted you and I was like, I fucking just ran 8k, this is amazing, like, I'm so proud of you. And it's not even that far, but I find running hard. I mean, my I think whole you, soul... you run like the Terminator. Like <laughs> my shoulders are like yeah. in the air and I just can't seem to relax when I'm running. It's like the same when you're boxing though, because you're like... <laughs> boxing when I'm trying to... Like, if you ever see Lucy run or box or do anything which requires some hand-eye coordination, you turn into the T-Rex or Toy there's, Story, There's, there's no relaxation, like, with my whole body. Like, mm, yeah. constantly tense. Anyway, yeah, I just wanted to throw the marathon thing in there because I think today was a big achievement because that's the furthest you've ever run, isn't it, as well? Yeah, and it only took two and a half hours. Now, that sounds like a long time. It's not a long but time, But I got an hour and ten in, and I was like, I'm at 11K. And I was like, so I ran, like, into the city and because there's no one around. Like, we went through Buckingham Palace and, like, through Trafalgar Square. Literally no one there, and I was looking around, like, this is absolutely nuts. Yeah. Like, it looks like a ghost town. I was just running, went through Hyde Park, and I was like, now I've got a blister on my toe, and I'm at 15K, and everything hurts. So I carried on running, and I was like, got to 18, and I was throwing such a strop. Like, I was kind of like walk running, but like nearly oh. crying because I wanted to be home, but I was still so far away from my house. I was like, oh, so I was thinking, there's a Tesco's, like, a little bit further. If I get to Tesco's... But if I I can't get a drink if I if I stop and walk. Yeah, yeah. Okay, carry on running, carry on running. Then I got to Tesco's and I was at twenty one and I was like, oh. Yeah, may as well finish because that's like a K left, isn't it? I'm just dreading standing up in a bit. Yeah, you'll you'll be sat down for like an hour now. You'll get up and your legs will just have the worst doms in the whole uh, entire world. If I stop when I'm running, though, I can't get, I can't start again. Like I have to just. Yeah. It's if really I stop, hard. that's me dead. Like I'll just I can't. I'll walk the rest of the way. It wasn't a cardio level though. Like I didn't get out. I wasn't tired. I wasn't out of breath. It's just my legs started really hurting. Then yeah. I get like lead, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna fall over." But <laughs> I did, and I actually feel better than I thought I was gonna. So. Do you ever run with anyone else? I don't really like running with people. Yeah. So I prefer like, it. I like having my headphones in because I can't talk and run at the same time because then yeah. I get stitched. Stitch. So I, like, I, like, I like talking because it just passes the time for me so much easier than when I'm just chatting shit for like yeah. however long it is. No, I'd rather headphones in, head down. Just keep going. I'd just rather not. <laughs> I'd just rather not. Well, okay, so me and Fliss actually spoke about what we wanted to talk about in today's podcast, and it's actually how women are portrayed in fitness. Now, I know that's quite a broad topic, but I also think it's a really important one to touch on because, obviously, myself and Fliss are women, yeah. and... We we will also get Ben's opinion on it quite strongly as well because obviously it's a different viewpoint. But we well, the fitness industry in general, and there's something I've always thought, and I feel like you feel the same. It is quite a male dominant industry in general. I think that is for PTs and for coaches as well. So just in terms of that, just a start off point. Do you agree? Disagree with what I just said or? Yeah, 100%. I feel like when I first came into the industry, I only knew and, like, followed male PTs. I didn't yeah. really 
know many female PTs and also in gyms it's very heavily male dominated with personal trainers like as a female I would personally rather train with a female but there was never any females around for me to train with yeah. so I felt like I, I only really became a PT because I was like I want to be that person that someone can train with me and not feel like they have to train with a man because there's not a choice but especially when you go to things like events or you speak at events and stuff there's it's always men like there's never really many women around and if there is it seems to be the same women of like the, what the same the six to eight people going around all the time yeah no I agree like massively and obviously as well another point is with IFS as well last year it was a lot more male dominant and when I was trying to think of because I was asked like can you think of anyone else who like you could could ask like any girls to come on I was like uh like I think you've got them all there like I generally couldn't think of more people who they could get to speak and I think because there's still that whole stigma of women in the weights room and it just always for me like like every like hate comment or nasty comment or something always comes back to women shouldn't be lifting weights but I think that's because as well as like that's an egotistical thing from guys because I feel like if guys go to the gym and they're going to get a PT they're not going to use a woman because they feel like oh I know more than she does when they don't or with a lot of guys who are PTs or who are coaches they can almost wing it a little bit or they, they first start PTing because their mate said or oh, you should be a PT just because you're big. Yeah, because you so look then, good. Because they, they, they look bigger or look like they're in shape, then they can just wing it. Whereas I feel like females in the fitness industry have to have a bit more about them because they can't just wing it and be like, oh, I'm massive, so yeah. I'll get more clients. So it's, it's, it's difficult, and I think that's because of guys' ego a lot of the time when they're going to choose the personal training that they're going to use. They don't base it on, well she's well qualified and she's got a good knowledge and she's got good experience within that field it's based on well he's massive so I'll just go with him yeah yeah that's true actually and as well I think there's a lot of good female PTs that maybe just yeah. haven't been discovered yet or they're just like I think women as well on a gym floor come across a bit more shy because they're like oh I'm, I personally just find it more awkward approaching someone that isn't a female like yeah. if they're like if they're like a girl, like even me and Lucy at IFS I was like hi <laughs> I, I, like, I don't want to come over so I feel yeah. like it's easier for male PTs to just go over and talk to anyone rather than does that make sense yeah. just like a girl going over and be like hi are you okay but I reckon there's probably some really good female PTs out there but maybe they're just not not on the fitness scene or haven't been recognised or hiding away somewhere yeah I literally completely agree I think um, me and Ben spoke about this quite a lot and it is something I did at the start on Instagram I just used to post the worst selfies to get attention because I felt that is the only way as a woman I could I could get into the industry which is like I don't really like talking about that now because it feels quite shameful and it's not something I do now but at the start and obviously I was a bit younger, but I was like, how can I get out there? How can I be noticed? How can a guy take me seriously as a personal trainer and as a coach? I, ju- I just felt like it was the only way for me to grow. To, to grow. Yeah, and obviously it's not. I used to do that as well. Even when, like, when I was working in Ibiza, I was like, 
in fitness, but not in fitness because I was still working seasons. And I remember I used to do this thing called Balcony Butt Pick Wednesday, and it's so cringy to even talk about now. But every Wednesday, I used to go and take a photo of myself in a bikini on the balcony because I was like, oh, that will get me loads of followers. Then I realized it was just loads of weird old men. Yeah. So I yeah. stopped doing it. I literally went back through and deleted all the photos because I was like, I don't want someone to go and scroll back down there and be like, yeah, oh, they're still here. I think, that's, I think it's hard though, isn't it, as well? Because there's females who want to be seen as role models in the fitness industry, but then there's those, we all know the types who are just eye candy instead and they don't post anything for... Um, to help people. To help people. And I think it's even more apparent now, I'm not going to mention any names, because during isolation, I think the people who are doing better are the people that are genuinely helping people and genuinely putting out content, whether, yeah. that, whether that's to give people more knowledge, motivation, inspiration, or just to give people a daily laugh. Yeah. And then you notice a lot of those people who are just used to posting selfies or arse photos or whatever it is and now come out the cracks and trying to post fitness stuff again. Yeah, they're trying to be more educational when it's like, well, hold on. Yeah. Have you noticed how many PTs have prepped out of the woodwork? All yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm like, whoa, hold on a minute. A lot yeah. of the ones who have gone from like being coaches or in the fitness industry to like fashion-y type of stuff, I think that's quite a, a natural transition, isn't it? With, a lot, with people, a lot of people. Yeah. Because they notice they can make money easier from ads and stuff rather than just yeah. the coaching stuff. And a lot of them now, because those opportunities aren't as apparent because companies don't spend as much money, there isn't as many business opportunities available for advertising. They're now coming back on the woodworks with the fitnessy stuff and doing a lot more lives. Yeah, and I think as well on that note, and this is not by any means slating anybody because we all support each other, but <laughs> the amount of home workouts on Instagram that I've seen that are more dangerous than beneficial is is worrying. That just pisses me off. And, and it really... Frust- I think it frust- will frustrate any qualified and who someone who has experienced personal trainer to see these people doing ridiculous workouts like I've seen someone I'm like you're literally going to snap your rotator cuff if someone tries that and they get like a hundred thousand likes and it's stuff like that that I think does it does frustrate me and that's the one thing that has annoyed me during isolation yeah but it's the ones that are using stupid equipment for stuff and I'm like just put it down stop hip thrusting your sofa for starters yeah I'm like, you can thrust another person because that's a bit different, not in a weird way. Mm. But people that are using things like the end of sofas, like bits of metal. I was watching one the other day where there was a girl doing like, I don't even, she was trying to use it as a landmine, but she had like a broom pole and a bucket on the end with some bricks in. And the whole video was like, getting the bucket, putting the bricks in. And then just, she was kind of just waving it around. And I was like, you're just going to hurt yourself. And also... Some people might have that stuff in their house and be like, oh, this looks like a good idea. And then the brick drops on the toe and they break the toe. No, it's the other ones as well. Like, I think I feel like a lot of people use the whole swipe workouts now just as a way of, because they can't post pictures of their arse and stuff or, or being slaggy online. They use it as, oh, I just put my smallest gym kit on now, I'll do a video of it so it looks like I'm giving people advice, but I just want to get likes because I've got my arse. Like I see, I'm not going to mention a name, but you know who it is. The person who, like, I'm sure she's doing, like, front squats with a banana. Yeah. And, like, for the whole video, her face is just, like, smi- like no one's smiling that hard doing proper work. Do you know what? With what you've just said there, that's what I think gives a lot of women personal trainers a bad name. Yeah, because then she's got on her, she's got on her bio, personal trainer. Personal or trainer, coach. qualified like, no, coach. Not. And that's where it comes in, where there's not a lot of regulation. Like, you, yeah. could, you could quite easily, any anybody 
could just do a PT qualification because it is that easy. But then they'll get the qualifications and then they're like, okay, now I'm going to go straight to the gym floor. I'm going to go straight online. They have no experience. They don't continue to do research. And then that's it. So I think that's where it is harder for these newer um, PTs as women who are amazing, who do have experience, who are qualified. But then there's this whole other side of people who are just doing it for the sake of it because they think it's easy. They think it's something to do rather than, like, you could be doing better things with your time than making videos that aren't going to help someone. And I think that's probably one of the things I've learned most in isolation is actually just, like, letting it go. Because I can just see them and just... Now I just choose to ignore it because I'm like, you're going to do it anyway. There's no point in saying something. 100%. But I'm just like, people... I try to just advise people just to not look at them. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. You know who they are first before they... I think at the same time, like, it's hard because you want to say something, but then you don't want to be that person who's just, like, negative during a time, which is so difficult. Anyway, I don't 100% agree with people who just take the piss out of people because then... I believe it's harder mm. for some people who don't have the confidence or um, the ability to put themselves out there a lot online. They don't have the ability to speak to camera. It suppresses those people even more so because they're scared that, oh, that guy, as soon as I put something out, mm-hmm. he's going to take the piss out of me or I'm going to get the piss taken out of me for, for putting something across, which I genuinely believe is going to help someone. So it's difficult getting that, that balance. It's like when you see someone in the gym doing something wrong, it's like, should I go over to them and tell them or should I just leave them to it? Yeah, but then I feel like because it's women that are making the videos like that, if a man did that, it would be funnier if yeah. a guy, like, ripped another guy for it. Yeah. yeah. You were doing something stupid with the broom handle, Ben. Like, if other people, other males said something to you and was like, oh, mate, it's a bit banner, like, it's quite funny. Yeah. If it was the other way around and it was a girl doing it to a girl, it wouldn't be funny. Yeah, yeah. they take it emotionally and very offensive, and I think that's why, like Ben said, then it is hard for women to feel confident and feel like they can um, sit in front of a camera and speak to people and do educational videos. Because obviously we're, we're similar with our approach. Like, we're educational. We post things that we know are going to help other people. We don't necessarily post it for ourselves and our ego. It's like you post something like, that's definitely going to help someone, rather than I'm just going to randomly post something, Yeah. I think which is something that we've both always done. Now, one thing that I did want to touch on, because I think this will be massively beneficial for a lot of people, is you're obviously an online coach. Now, in isolation, we've been in isolation for, what, like four or five weeks now? I actually saw you. Do you know I was thinking this this morning? We saw each other just before the lockdown. You were the last person I saw. Yeah, you were the the last last person I saw because we saw each other on the 14th, 15th of March. And we we went to that Sainsbury's near you, and then we panicked because we were like, "Oh my god, this is actually real." That's we when had there was no toilet roll. Yeah, there was no nothing in the shops. But yeah, sorry, I thought I'd throw that in there. Um, yeah. So as an online coach and as a woman, how have you found isolation with your clients? Like, I know you've done a lot of like Skype things and group things, and you have a really strong community, which I think is really powerful with your sassy squad. So. I guess, like, what advice would you give to a gym floor PT who now thinks, ah, okay, I can't even go to the gym to coach. What could I do online? I do really feel for those people that are on a gym floor because yeah. I can't even imagine I, how I bored do. some of them must be right yeah. now. I, know. Um, I don't know. My job hasn't really changed in the sense that I always work from home online anyway. So it's not like I've had this massive flipping environment, but 
some of my clients who I would go and see face-to-face, I now just do on Skype. And I know that sounds a bit weird, but when you're seeing them face-to-face, it's not like you're touching them all the time. Yeah. So, like, if they have... That sounded really weird. No, but, no, if, but like, correcting that technique. Yeah. <laughs> I've been with you for a while. I've got one client that's been with me for a year. She has equipment at home. So I'm literally just sitting there counting or, like, giving her exercises like yeah. I do face-to-face, but I'm just doing it over the internet. And I think that's actually quite cool that you can do that now because probably 10 years ago you would have never been able to do that Um, and I think what people struggle with is they feel bad charging the people just because they're in front of a computer instead of face to face I think if your client values you enough they'll value your time completely more than they would well like if you as a person in your time rather than just being like oh well I'm not seeing you face to face so I'm not going to pay you for it yeah I I don't know I I charge a bit less than I would on a gym floor purely to not paying gym rent so for me it's like the same cost per hour um but I think for people that are on a gym floor that never done online before trying to start online now is a really good time and it is a good thing to do but it takes a long time to build it up definitely so if they already had clients face to face if they haven't explored the option of doing it over Skype or FaceTime or whatever they have like everyone has a phone they can do it over FaceTime um try and use the clients that you already had face-to-face for online yeah like you could ask them if maybe they want to try a different style of coaching like if they just want programming or like accountability rather than someone standing in front of them yeah because i think yeah a lot of people when it first happened were like oh i want to jump into online but they had no idea they've never even tried it they've not even ever built a website or an email list or anything then all of a sudden they're trying to do all this stuff yeah it's uh, I think it's difficult like especially if you're coming into online now you need to have something which is really niche or really different because when you're in a gym environment like for example in the pure gym that we go to around the corner what would you say there's like at any one time there might be 10 PTs there yeah. present so there's only 10 competitive PTs in that, that area or that gym with hundreds of people and then when you go online you're in a minefield full of thousands of online coaches and PTs and it's it's hard to stand out and be different but at yeah. the same time, not just be different for the sake of it and be a dick. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I guess having your own niche and being your own person and not changing to be someone else online is important. Like, you are exactly the same as I met you in person. You've never changed, and I've only known you for like a year. You, since I ever know you're not a girl, but you've never changed. You're exactly <laughs> the same. You're exactly the same as you are, and I think being very transparent comes across very well on social media Mm. because you can see people who are just doing things for themselves not their clients and I think that really differentiates a strong coach than a shit coach I think it really does and especially at a time like this and I've had loads of messages off PT saying can you help me get online I've given them loads of advice and things like that and I'm just saying you also do need to use social media advantage but but in a positive way it's like has been saying then because when you're on the gym floor, you're a PT. When, like, now you go onto online, you've got to be... Um, you've got to be good at copywriting. You've got to be good at marketing. Uh, you've got to be good at sales. You've got Talking to be to have some kind of ability to get a website or a landing page. Or you've got to be able to talk to a camera, which is going out to hundreds or thousands of people. So it's a lot different than just being a PT. And you've got to quickly accumulate those skills and start to develop them and not be overwhelmed by it all. And also, I think because when you're online, Pete, you're an online PT, 
you're a bit more than just a PT on a gym floor because on a gym floor, you nece- wouldn't necessarily talk to your clients outside of that hour they're training with you. Yeah. Whereas when you're online, you become like one of their best friends. Yeah. yeah. Talk to you every day. And with mine, I try to make it more of a community so they would all get to know each other and be friends with each other. And I think it's kind of the same with your ones, mm-hmm. isn't it? Like the coach school, because yeah. everyone's a big community rather than, I never wanted them to feel like separate yeah. because as well, I am fully aware that a lot of my clients might be single parents and they might live by themselves. So they also won't have like a group of people around them who want to do the same thing. Yeah. No, we're exactly the same. Like, so with my coach school and um, the odd, like, so we have a Facebook group. I know you have like your WhatsApp group to do all your Skype um, class and things, which I know. So you do like the, um, your drinking, uh, last night, yeah. your, your quiz with them, which is amazing. Like, our um, school members the other day, they've all decided that after isolation, they all want to get together and go and do the three peaks. And I just think, like, that makes my heart warm. And, and just, like, the fact that you as a person, so you created Sassy Squad, everyone comes together, they've created probably really good friends within those groups. The school people are probably doing the same. I think that's a really good way to start if you if you are a personal trainer on the gym floor and you're now having to go on online is to create a start creating a community like start a facebook group start a whatsapp chat with all your clients get them to know each other so then they don't feel alone in a situation where everyone is feeling more alone than ever is actually a really good starting point to go off yeah most people have access now to youtube workouts and other workouts like if people really want to get workouts online they can can find them for free but i think most people are looking for something a little bit more with the support or the guidance or the accountability at the end of the day that's what we're selling is accountability so there's been free workouts on the internet for years and they weren't doing them before yeah no one's going to just radically start doing now which is why i think it's important as well that you've actually got a coach that knows what they're talking about rather than you just finding some random workout on youtube and you don't really know what it's for yeah Yeah. well i think that the the thing that a lot of people say to people i don't agree with it is well everyone's got the same 24 hours in a day well yet now now people have got pretty much the exact 24 hours in a day because most people aren't going to work and doing the things that they're doing before but it doesn't mean that more people are doing exercise or more people are motivated to, motivated to exercise it's got nothing to do with time if you are really motivated to do something you'll do it regardless of how much time you have you'll put that time in your day to do it so i think there's a lot more than time as a factor to do with training and getting up and doing training which is obviously what our role is to motivate people and keep people inspired and keep people accountable to do that on a day-to-day basis because even i last week took three rest days yeah. i've um, I fucking hate training at home. Like, I hate it. He hates it. Hate he's, not having, he's not having a good time at home it. with his home training. But I'll still put, like, some workouts up because I know there's people who need accountability. There's people who, with bands and stuff, really don't know what extra exercise they can do. Mm. Some people yeah. might just motivate them to have to get up and do that, that workout for 30 minutes. I'm still doing some workouts. I'm just not doing as many as you usually would yeah. because I think at the moment it's important to train or exercise to make yourself feel better not to make yourself look better because yeah. if you keep putting that pressure on yourself all the time which I was doing at the start I was like I need to maintain as much muscle tissue as possible it just becomes a pressure that was added on top of everything else when your emotions are already heightened anyway 100% yeah that's actually a good good way to put it because when I, I actually was a bit naive at the beginning I was like oh they only be shut for a couple of weeks yeah. like it'll Same be fine way. and now I'm like this is going to be a long time so there's no point me even feeling guilty about not doing a workout because yeah. 
if I don't want to do it, there's no point me forcing myself to do it. Exactly. I think that's that is important. Like as a coach, I've been really transparent with my one-to-one clients. I've had a lot of complaints about not having equipment, like being annoyed that the gym's not going to open and not having the same thing. And I'm like, look, like you can't have that that approach because they could be short for six more weeks and are you going to complain every day for six more weeks like you can't do that so I think it's being a really strong support mechanism to your clients but also being truthful with them and not just saying oh yeah like and start moaning with them that'll probably be the worst thing to do so yeah I know it's so annoying like I wish the ginger open training so boring you have to be their support me- mechanism and like you said just then home training can be boring and it can be dull and you don't feel that motivated so as a coach you have to be their support mechanism that's why I've been doing more running like giving yeah. people challenges I think is is good because it creates mm-hmm. can't build. it's like I'm shit at running so when I go running and like I notice my time's getting a little bit better you get better quite quickly because I'm shit at it so doing something I think that you're not so good at is sometimes quite motivating because you're going to get better quite quick I reckon you could do a half marathon by the end of isolation probably but I was, <laughs> Oh, I hope you're talking to Ben then, not me. By the way, that's that's. I mean, to be fair, I did six k the other day, and it was good, wasn't did it? What? I did seven. We did. I did seven k the other day, and that was six k is actually quite far though, if you think about it. Yeah, no, it is. It took us a, like, quite quite a long way. <laughs> I feel like once you get to a certain point with running, though, like I can ever get to like seven k, I feel like I can run all day. But if I set myself like a small target, I'm like, fuck, I just need to get it finished. If that makes sense? Like, I think yeah, men- mentally. Yeah, so like eight, nine. Like, yeah. even earlier on, I don't really remember between like 11 and 18. I was just like, oh, I'm just taking it's the never, abuse. I've never experienced past 11k in my life, I don't think. I think the most I've ever done is 10k on a treadmill. That's yeah, treadmill. Treadmill's different. It's a bit boring, but you can obviously control the pace. Yeah, no, I know. There's also another thing I want to touch on. And you'll probably know what I'm going to say is I personally feel that women are more scared to open up on social media or um, share their services as a coach or whatever they do, posting workout videos because of the tro- tro- is it trolling or trolling? Trolling. Trolling. And the, the negative comments that I definitely think women get a lot worse than men. I, I oh, really okay. do think... Um, girls have it a lot worse off than guys and I don't know like this from, from my past experience I used to take it really bad and I've had loads of conversations with you where I felt so anxious about what people said and I felt really shit about it and sometimes I've been like oh fuck them like whatever but as a, as a girl some of the comments are just horrible they're, yeah. they're just nasty comments um, but yeah I feel like you're on the same page with me on I that feel like- when people troll, it's like, girls definitely have it worse. Apart from anything else, I think it's because girls are more jealous of other girls. Mm-hmm. Because you don't really get, like... Say if Ben had a really nice pair of nice trainers, you wouldn't get Ben's friend then go and, like, slagging off Ben's trainers to someone else. Yeah. They might just go and buy them. But if it was a girl, it would be like, oh, I like her shoes. Oh, but the rest of her outfit shit. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be a... It's like if someone says to you, oh, you look nice today, and you'd be like, oh, I need to wash my hair. Yeah. It would always be like a back. <laughs> guys don't do that to each other. So yeah. I think most of the trolling, especially when it comes from like fake accounts, I'm literally just like either comment at me off your real account or just don't even waste your time. Yeah. Because no, it's probably not even a girl. They're probably normally like middle-aged women that have nothing better to do. Mm-hmm. 
and they're like, oh, I wish I had a lifestyle like yours when I was a bit younger. Yeah. So I always try and think of it like it's not personal, like it's they're not coming at me directly, they're coming at like everything about me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's oh. I think it's hard, isn't it? Especially when you, you've had loads of yeah, because you get the, the whole like about muscle strength. I really get the you look like a man and you're on yeah. steroids on a daily basis. <laughs> but I think like what you've got to look at is as well, I know it's hard because you just want to react to it and you want to like blast back at them, but that's obviously what we're looking for is I think if you really like empathize with them and probably think of what they are doing right there and then at that time is they're probably sitting at home like bored at the head with shit life or something bad that's going on with them mm-hmm. and the only way that makes them feel better is to have a pop at you and most of the time it's because if you're putting something up or, or looking well or perceived to be doing well in life or you're happy it's because they're maybe not happy and it's holding a mirror up to them which is making them self-reflect and it makes them feel shit about themselves so then the thing that they have to make themselves look be- to feel better is attack the thing that has made them feel bad which is which is you which is the person yeah so that's I mean if you think about it I always think like when I get guys commenting about shit I'm like he's probably a guy who's sat at home in his council house with fuck all else to do and he just in his pants yeah <laughs> and he's, he's sitting there in his ballies with his white hobo vest on and he's got nothing else that's what makes me feel better because I can imagine him sitting at home like that and that's why he's attacking me because he hates his life yeah and I had it the other day and a girl said to me, you're stunning, but you look too manly now. And I'm like, you've just given the most backward comment. You've complimented me and then said the worst thing possible. There's always always a but. And it's it's just... But what I've noticed as well, Fliss, is with, with women... I, like, I don't really get comments, nasty comments from guys. It is always oh. from other girls commenting on my posts. And then, say, for example, if my followers then said something to that girl, they'd go even nastier because it's like, oh, you've got your cult of followers do this. I'm like, I've not messaged them to say come back at you. It's because women are supposed to empower women. They're yeah. not supposed to bat each other down at any any opportunity and say stuff and obviously what Ben said there is really important and I always just kill them with kindness I'm just like yes Sandra thank you that's my aim to look manly have a great day because I don't yeah thanks thank you thanks for compliment because there's nothing much else you should do and I think like so if you could give a piece of advice to I guess girls who are scared to post because of that hate what what could what would you say to them I think the people that you're helping outweighs the people that are going to hate on you. Like, say if you get 100 people that like you, there's always going to be one or two that don't like you. Mm-hmm. So you have to focus on the people you're doing it for, not the people that don't appreciate what you're actually putting out there. Because also, most of the time, it's just people that are just bored, especially now, because people literally have nothing better to do. It's worse at the moment because yeah. people are bored. Like, someone tried me the other day for feeding a duck, and I literally was like... Oh, well, I see that. What was that, that about? What was that? Well, apparently you're not meant to feed ducks bread. Says since who? what? I've been doing that since I was, like, three years old. <laughs> apparently it's bad for their digestion or something. So they were like, you should feed it oats and peas. And I was like, oh, yeah. Go ahead with your peas in the pot. Throw that to late. But I literally was like, I fed them one slice of bread, and there was a lot of ducks. And then people were like, oh, but if you don't feed them, then they'll starve, and then that's even worse. And it's like, okay, but if I'm feeding a duck, I personally wouldn't go on someone's profile and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're feeding a duck. Someone could be a duck murderer. This is where the world fucking backwards, you know? Like, it's absolutely ridiculous how PC 
some people go and how far some people go stuff it's absolutely beyond I should have if I'd have shot it and then stood there holding a dead duck taking a photo then fair enough then you're a duck murderer like come on oh my god no that that is the thing but you have to yeah just remember you're doing it for the people you're actually helping not the people that are going to troll you like it kind of just comes with it anyway but yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree completely. It's like that like, quote that um, Jamie said ages ago. You know Jamie Alvin, don't you? Um, yeah. I remember saying when he thought doing all like with public speaking or putting content out, and it was regards to the old old woman in a burning building. Like if there's an old woman in a burning building, like whether you chose to rescue her or not, someone would always think you're a dickhead regardless. Yeah. of what decision you make so I think if you can get over the fact that there's going to be someone out there who probably hates you or dislikes you then it helps to overcome it and then produce the content anyway yeah a really good sorry on that note a really good book that I would recommend in terms of not letting negative comments affect you is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck I don't know if you've read that one have you you've read it yeah I read that after you and it completely yeah you've read it three times I've listened to the audio and read it it completely changed my perspective and I love reading in isolation I'm reading The Power of Now Um, but definitely a book I would recommend is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck it just gives you the perspective on not worrying about if someone says a nasty comment or anything like that. And a second book, I don't think you would have read this one, is The Courage to Be Disliked. What a strange no, title. Right yeah, it's, I think Courage it's to be by disliked. a Chinese or a Japanese author. It's how to, feel, how to Free Yourself, Change Your Life and Achieve Real Happiness. Yeah, so there are two book recommendations on today's podcast. And I feel that wraps up very nicely. Did you have any additional comments? that you wanted to I don't think so just that I hope everyone's actually alright like, there's a lot of people I know that will listen to this that will be by themselves like when they're walking and stuff so yeah, you're not there's, there's everyone of, else is in the same boat yeah there's a lot of people that's another good thing is that I think people are doing a little bit more self-development whether that's like listening to podcasts or reading which is helps, it helps me a lot anyway which I didn't do enough of yeah it's definitely a silver lining to this whole Covid situation that everyone can develop themselves and work on themselves a little bit more if you are on your own and things like that as well but where can people find you so your website and your instagram or anything else you would like to mention so people can go and look at all your amazing work my website is www.sassysquadtraining.com um, I'm on Instagram at Felicity Rosina and that, that I don't have any other social media so I it again. <laughs> that's perfect so anyone who's listening a massive massive thank you make sure you go and give Felicity a follow and have a look at her work she is incredible as a woman in the industry and don't be a bitch online basically and don't be a bitch online <laughs> it's be nice for everyone be nice yeah so we will catch you in our next episode bye guys bye bye